Welcome back, Bible readers. This is the Rooted Podcast, and this is week number three of 2021. And I hope you've enjoyed um, your reading of last week as you read passages that related to the creation and Jesus as creator. Uh, But this week, uh, we get to start into the book of John. Um, And we're going to systematically read through the book of John this week, this coming week, and the next two weeks beyond this. Um, Again, trying to keep ourselves tethered to that theme that simply Jesus is what our theme is. And so I'm going to make a couple of announcements before we get started. I just want to remind you if you're new and you need a place to find the Bible reading, I've got the Connect here in the Connect magazine. You can always uh, find the reading for the month that's here. Also on your phone, on your church app, if you have that, if you don't have that, now would be a great time to download that. Um, If you can open up your church app here on your phone, if you can see it, hopefully the camera's getting it. And down here at the bottom where it says Bible, you click on the Bible, and then you click on the little calendar icon there, and that will bring up the reading for the day. And as you can see the reading, and as you click on a reading for a day, like this was Saturdays, um, it reads, it doesn't read to you. Hopefully we're we're, we're, we're trying to push an update so that it can read it to you, but you can read it directly here. And then if you like, like I do, checking things off your list, the very bottom, you can click, I completed the reading. And then as you go back, it will show a little check mark beside the reading. So that'll keep you up to date. You can also go onto the website, lmbc.org slash rooted and get everything related to the rooted podcast from there. Um, so that shouldn't be a problem if you can't get it on your phone or if you forget the connect. You can also download the connect online, digital format as well. So there's plenty of places um, to get the information, and I hope you all are enjoying what we're doing. Today I have with me a different guest. Uh, today I have uh, Matt McClay with us, and Matt McClay is our student pastor uh, here at Lewis Memorial, and uh, you've probably seen him, I'm sure, heard him preach. And so he's with me as we try to push through our first eight Seven, seven chapters, seven chapters. Of, uh, of the book of John. So, but before we start, um, the last couple of weeks and every week from now on, I'm looking for a tip that we can give our Bible readers um, that will help them. The first week um, I said, choose a different translation to read through, and that's helped some. Last week, uh, Brother Tim gave us a tip of a repetition, look for a repetition in the text. So now I'm going to ask you, Matt, what do you think is a good tip that you might give to our Bible readers, something that maybe you do um, in your Bible reading, in your studying, um, you know, in your quiet time, something that would be beneficial to them? Do you have something for us? Absolutely. Okay. So we, <clears throat> with our teens, we, we go through the paradigm of observe and interpret and apply when, when studying the Bible and reading the Bible. And that's something that I do personally in my, my own Bible reading time. I'm following the Simply Jesus reading plan, too. I just moved my my Bible reading time from... I used to do it first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and I've moved it to the evenings. Yeah. Um, because I'm having... I don't know if it's the the winter weather. I'm having a harder time getting up every morning yeah. um, at, at a time where I'm not groggy and I can focus on my reading. So I've been reading before I go to bed. And on that Simply Jesus um, reading plan with the Rooted reading plan. And we ask our teens, and and as we're teaching our teens to read the Bible and study the Bible, uh, we ask them to go through three steps as they're reading. The first is observation or to observe what you're reading. Um, Looking up, I know uh, Pastor Tim 
talked about repeating words, so yeah. circling repeating words, looking for comparisons, similes, uh, metaphors, um, themes that repeat, um, back and forth dialogue, and, and making note of that and maybe thinking about how that is significant in the passage. And also just looking at the surrounding verses. Sometimes it's easy to, to jump into a, a verse or jump into a chapter and not understanding uh, what was said or happened before and what's going to happen after, um, understanding the original audience that it was written to and understanding um, who God used as, as, as the human component to, 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 write the, to write the book or write the, the passage of Scripture. So, so you, uh, observe and then interpret, understand how, 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 what the original meaning of, uh, of what was written was was and then apply apply it to your to your life today so uh, we always joke with our teens in the ten commandments it says not to covet your neighbor's donkey and i don't know about you but i don't struggle with donkey covetousness um now, as a I part might, of my daily now, life i might covet my neighbor's chickens <laughs> right. but maybe not maybe, so, maybe not the donkey so applying it to your to, to your situation taking that timeless truth and applying it um to to your life and and and, and your everyday life is, is something that's important so while i don't covet people's donkeys. Maybe I may covet a, a, a nice uh, 2500 Chevy Silverado truck that I need to, I need to deal with. So. That, that is, that is yeah. true. Now, I heard you <laughs> use the term similes and metaphors, so you mean we've got to go back to our English literature classes? Well, yeah, and if and you're an English teacher, you'll attention. remember a simile is a comparison <laughs> using like or as, and a metaphor is a comparison not using like or as. And some of so. that is very, very important, especially when you get to prophecy, yes, uh, because the like and the as and the similes are used. So, Okay, so there, there's a good uh, helpful tip. Um, what the teens use, what their ministry uses, a great tip for um, Bible readers uh, for you out there. And if you don't have that, you can rewind the video and watch it again and write down those three steps. Um, for this week, um, we're going to talk about John, okay? John chapter 1 through John chapter 7. So your reading for this week um, covers that period. Um, let me just, um, I've got a few things written down about the book of John, just to kind of jog your memory as to what the book is about. Of course, on our theme of Simply Jesus, John is written to basically show us that Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, what's interesting about the book of John is that it was written later than all the other gospel writers wrote. Matthew, Mark, and Luke called the Synoptics wrote their gospels earlier on, but John waited probably 30 years later to write his gospel. And so he, he tends to focus on, I think, some of the more theological uh, things, more the things that Jesus said, not necessarily the things that he did, because there's a lot of Jesus talk, we'll say, in the book of John, a lot of discourses, a lot of teachings. Some of them are a little, are a little confusing. Some of them are a little hard to, to, to comprehend and to interpret. Uh, but nonetheless, um, it focused so much more on what Jesus taught, and, and I think that's important. And the other things that um, you notice in the book of John, just two others that I can think of, is that there are a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations that Jesus has with people like Nicodemus, like the woman at the well, just some classic conversations uh, where Jesus is concerned about individuals. And then I can't stop but think about chronology. And if there's any gospel that kind of gives you a good chronology of the life of Christ, I think it's the gospel of John, especially as it relates to uh, the Passover, because that was kind of how they reckon their time. So there's just a couple of things about uh, John in general that might help you and, and keep you uh, studied or keep you in that text, I'm sorry, uh, as you read through uh, so you don't get lost. But we're supposed to talk today about the first couple of chapters of John. Now, Matt, is there any... Um, 
chapter in particular or something in particular that really just stuck out to you from the first? I know that's a lot of material from the first seven chapters, but is there anything that was really uh, important to you? Yeah, there are some, like you said, some marathon chapters. Chapter six has over 60 verses in it. Uh, But what I noticed, and you already mentioned a little bit, is how Jesus related to people. And you see the heart of Jesus. I noticed the the, the differences and the similarities between chapters three and chapters four. Jesus in chapter three talks to a religious leader. Nicodemus, um, someone who is well-respected in the community, thought of probably as a good person. Um, And he brought Nicodemus to a place where he had to understand that he had to be born again, that he couldn't save himself. And then the next chapter is a woman who's known for her licentious lifestyle. Yeah. Um, she's, <laughs> she's been with you know, six men, and, and, and she knows that she needs a Savior, and Jesus is, is gentle with her, kind with her, points her to um, him being the Savior, saying, I am he. So you see, Jesus was no respecter of persons. Jesus brought people to um, their greatest need, which was him, whether they were respected in the community community or not. And, and, and you know, we find Nicodemus later, by the way, um, as you read through the book of John, later on at the very end, Nicodemus is the one who helps, is it Joseph of Arimathea, mm-hmm. I think, with the body of Jesus. And I think if I read that, I read that today uh, for a class, and I think it says that Nicodemus donated 75 pounds of myrrh, I think it was, um, uh, to help with the burial of the body of Jesus. So he shows up early on. He's kind of quiet, isn't he? Yeah. And then you don't hear about him throughout the rest of the gospel until the very end. So uh, great analysis, the idea of, of people. I mean, it, it's here in the text. I mean, there are tons and tons and tons of people. And really, the first couple of people you come into contact with, with in the book of John is John the Baptist, and then the other one is his mother. Uh, and I'll, you know, the very first one of the first miracles that Jesus did here in John chapter 2 is the miracle of the water to the wine. But the interesting thing about the miracle of the water to the wine is the last couple of verses of the, of the miracle. And let me read it to you in John chapter 2, um, verse 11. And this is really the one verse. It says, This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. Now, what happens is that you'll see this word sign come up several times in the book of John. I think there are seven different times the word sign comes up as it relates to a miracle. And so at the very end of the book of John, he says, I have given you these signs so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And so throughout the book of John, you know, circle these, highlight these portions. It'll say, this is a sign. And so it's meant to show that if you look at these seven signs, these seven signs will tell you that Jesus or prove to you that Jesus is who he says he is. And so while you're reading through, don't forget to highlight those specific things. Now, is there anything else from um, further on uh, that you saw that you thought was... I've got a few more passages I want to read. Do you have something you want to well, read? Well, there's the repetition of the word believe. Oh, yes. And, yes um, I yes. cheated, but 98 times in the wow. book of John. Um, so that is, that, that is one of the Man. central, of course, one of the central messages, um, kind of grounded in that conversation with Nicodemus. Yeah. I think chapter 3 contains the most of those references to that word pisteo, which is, which is believe. Yeah. Um, and then another word that's repeated a lot is the word sent where you see that Jesus was sent on mission from the Father yes. uh, throughout the book of now, wait a minute. throughout the book of John. I have that. Okay, so 39 times John okay. says Jesus was sent by God. 
So there it is. So I, I had that information <laughs> ready. 39 times. So you can see that Jesus is doing the Father's will. And, and there's this whole um, dynamic here of Father and Son in the book of John as well. Of course, mm-hmm. it's with his whole ministry in the Gospels, but he's doing the Father's will. He's doing the Father's will. That's where his authority comes from. It comes from the Father. Um, and so there's this whole relationship here uh, that, that, that's in the Gospel of John that you see about that. So, um, okay, um, let's see. John chapter 5 and John chapter 6. Of course, John chapter 6 is a bread of life discourse. And that is not an easy uh, discourse at all. Um, easy in the sense of we understand what it means, but even some of the people that were um, there didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a specific passage in John 6, verse 66, and listen to what it says. After Jesus gave the discourse, um, it says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. You know, of all the things that Peter does that, you know, we kind of frown on, you know, he denies Jesus, you know, he tries to um, push himself to the front, I think, at times. He tries to be like us, I guess we should say, at times. Um, he, he speaks uh, before he actually thinks about what's going on. This is a classic passage of where he actually is paying attention. He's actually listening. And, and what a what a affirmation here of Jesus. Peter says, Lord, where else are we going to go? You have everything, the words to eternal life. Where else are we going to go? And you know, that's that's such a good thing for us today in our world. Where else are we going to go to find the words to eternal life? You don't find it anywhere else but in Jesus. And where else should you go but the church? Because the church is where you hear Jesus preach. And so Peter here gives this affirmation and says, you know, Lord, we have nowhere else to go. I wish all Christians would take that to heart because I feel like they often go into the world and find happiness in the world rather than going to Christ. And uh, so, you know, Peter here, as much as we give him a hard time, you know, I think he has moments where he really steps to the the surface. Absolutely. And I noticed the contrast between that verse and where, where Peter says, you have the words of eternal life with earlier in the chapter when the crowd who's surrounding Jesus and following Jesus, they say in verse 30, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? They They were looking for the signs, but Peter says, you have the words of eternal life and we've believed and come to know that you're the Holy One of God. So they were, the the crowd was always looking for entertainment. They were looking for the signs and the disciples who believed in Jesus and were following Jesus, they understood that Jesus, the truth that Jesus gave himself, that, that, was the, that was what to believe in, not the signs. They definitely had the wrong worldview. Yeah. I guess we could say it that way. And Peter had the right worldview because uh, Jesus is our worldview. He ought to be our worldview. And I really think that, and, and you say that about the crowds, and of course the crowds are, are asking Jesus and um, in verse 30 there, they say, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. And after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them to eat from bread. It's almost like they're saying, hey, look, Moses gave the Israelites uh, bread from the desert. Well, why don't you? And Jesus corrects right there on the spot their worldview. He says, no, wait a minute. Look at verse 32. Jesus says, i tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread 
from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Um, and Jesus replied, verse 35, I am that bread. So he corrects their worldview. The crowd, obviously, like you said, Matt, is, is just um, there following Jesus, I think, for what benefit and what blessing and what help, you know, following Jesus for, for themselves and not really understanding who he is. Um, and Peter steps to the stage and says, listen, this is the correct worldview. Um, okay. All right, what else? Well, at, after chapter 6, you see chapter 7, and one thing that we, we notice in the, this section, these chapters we're going to read this week, is that Jesus claimed to be God. Yeah. And that that became a, a hot-button issue, especially in chapter 7, when when Jesus came to the Feast of Booths. And everything revolved around who is Jesus. And all the Jewish people had different perspectives and different ideas of who he may be and yeah. who he could be. And even it says his brothers in, yeah, did you notice in, that? in verse 5 of chapter 7 didn't believe in him. Um, so it had to do with who is Jesus. But he, he mentions multiple times, I counted four times in chapter 7, who sent him. In, in chapter 16, yeah, yeah. Um, he says, my teaching's not mine, but he who sent me. Um, verse 18, it says, um, the one who s- seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And then down in verse number uh, 28 of chapter 7, it says, he who sent me is true. Verse 29, I know him. I come from him. He sent me. Uh, there's this, Jesus is claiming to be God, claiming to be sent from the Father. Yeah. But people were reticent to receive to receive that truth from him. And that ended up being the reason that he was crucified is because he, he claimed to be God. Yeah, and as many times as he said, I am, you know, I'm being sent from the Father, I'm doing the Father's will, you'd think they they would get the message. I, I kind of think that maybe they didn't want to get the message. Maybe they felt like things were already well and everything was going good and they didn't want to upset the apple cart. Um, course, they did think he was a prophet, and a prophet would be doing these miraculous things, but a prophet wouldn't be claiming that, you know, uh, necessarily that he was God or equality with God. Um, yeah, and you notice his brothers. That, that's what I think I keyed in on. Here's Jesus' closest associates, his brothers, um, who grew up with him. You'd think they would believe him, right? You'd think they would, and it says, no, it says in verse 5, for even his brothers didn't believe him. I mean, and of course, even Judas, you know, when we'll fast forward, when we get next week, we'll talk a little bit more about him in the weeks to come. Judas, who was probably very close. You remember that scene at the Passover table when the bread was given to Judas and all the disciples didn't know what was going on. It's like they almost thought, well, it can't, can't be Judas. It couldn't be him. It's almost as if they felt like he was above reproach or, or he was just one of the good guys. And they thought it couldn't, couldn't be him. But you read this all through the Gospels. You read about... Jesus presenting himself, doing the miracles, all the Old Testament prophecies fulfilled to show that he was the Messiah, yet there were people who still just chose blatantly not to believe. And I think if we were to put ourselves back in their shoes, I think we might have a struggle too. You know, we can look back easily and say, what was your problem? What was wrong with you? Surely you could have seen everything that Jesus was saying and doing and and could have responded appropriately. But I think if we were to put ourselves back in that spot, I don't think we, I hope. It's kind of like if, if, if not that I ever would, but if I uh, bought a lottery ticket and if I won the lottery, 
Um, and maybe, or maybe somebody, maybe this is better. Uh, maybe we should edit that out, <laughs> but maybe this is better. That maybe I was willed some money, you know, like a million dollars. Um, I hope that I would handle that well. And um, I don't know if I would because I'm not there yet, but I hope that, or I may never be there. I hope that I would handle it well. And the same thing, you know, you, if we put ourselves back into the New Testament times, and wouldn't you love to go back in the New Testament times and see and hear and listen to Jesus? Hope you'd respond well. Hope you'd um, follow him, right? Um, but there's always that little part of you that's like, you know, I'm not necessarily sure because uh, of not being put in that position. So sometimes we read that text, we got to be nicer to the people that we're reading about <laughs> instead well, of being so And they were a lot harsh. like us. They were yeah. wrapped up with what they had to do in, in an hour Definitely. when they had to pick their kids up, <laughs> uh, you know, the bills they had to pay, you know, the, the dinner they had to make, That's the laundry right. to put away. That's right. Um, so, so they weren't they weren't thinking. Well, maybe maybe the Messiah is is here today. Well, and some they, were, and they but, didn't. And they didn't have one of these either. They didn't have the Bible to go and just pull open and look and say, "Oh, look! All these prophecies are fulfilled." They had to go to this uh, synagogue, and the scripture was read to them, and they were taught by the religious leaders. So there was a, also another barrier, you know, as well. But yeah, you're right. They were wrapped up in just regular everyday life stuff um, that you and I are, are, are wrapped up in. Now, chapters one through seven, okay. That happens. So just to give you some chronology, okay, chapters one through seven, that is probably the first three years of the life and ministry of Christ, okay? Now chapter seven through twenty-one takes place in about six months time. So there's been a lot that's going this happened. And of course, John spends a lot of time on that last six months of Jesus. And so as you're reading, just kind of put that uh, in, your, in your mind. The first seven chapters take about three years. So John really doesn't hit everything. He kind of highlights important things and, and not everything. You had something... Well, and something interesting, though, is okay. the first chapter and a half take place within a week. Yeah, yeah. The chronology. <laughs> if, if you look at the chronology, is, yeah, yeah, starting in, yeah. in verse nineteen of, of of chapter one, you have day one, and then tw- verse twenty nine is day two. Verse thirty five is day three. Forty three is day four. Chapter two, verse one. Then when Jesus yeah. performs the miracle, yeah. turns water into wine. If you add up all the days, is day seven. So you have a, a week, and then you have in a very extended period of time, and then you have six months. So it's important to remember those things as you're reading, because we tend to read as if one thing happened after another, happened yeah, after another, yeah. happened after another. And we really appreciate the time that Jesus spent with his disciples. Um, and, 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 and of course, this is not common, just the book of John. You find a lot, a lot of this uh, chronology issues in other books of the Bible. And that's, of course, that's a whole other study, uh, numbers and chronology in the Bible. I know in the book of Acts... Um, I've studied that extensively, and there are some longer sections where you might have five or six chapters take place within a couple of weeks' time, but yet, you know, other chapters take years and years and years to happen. Um, so yeah, the, the, there there's quite a bit of of back and forth. So understand that as you're reading through the Gospels, that even at the end of the book of John, John says that if I were to write down everything that Jesus ever said and did, <laughs> I couldn't include them in, in, in all the books ever written, uh, John says. So we're given the highlights. So I want you to think about that, the highlights, um, the things that are necessary for us to believe and to trust and to put our faith in Jesus, to grow and mature in Him and understand more and more about Him. 
All right, well, I think our time is done for today. So this week, you're going to read John chapter, the rest of John chapter 1. You've already read a little bit of it, I think, for um, last week. And so you'll finish chapter 1, and you'll read all the way through chapter 7. So as you're reading through, uh, pay attention to some of these things. Uh, next week, I'll have a different guest with me on here. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to send them to BibleReading at LMBC.org. And I'll see you guys next week.